0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Highlighters and All-Nighters. I'm your host, Miss Huber. Today, we are reading Echo and Narcissus. So, Narcissus is where we get the word narcissistic. Um, this is a pretty epic myth in terms of karma. In some versions, it gets kind of dark at the end, but we are not reading that version. We're reading this version. So, let's begin. Echo was a beautiful nymph, fond of the woods and hills where she devoted herself to woodland sports. She was a favor of Artemis and attended her in the chase, so that means she goes hunting along with Artemis. But Echo had one failing. She was fond of talking and whether in chat or argument would have the last word. One day, Hera was seeking her husband, who, she had reason to fear, was spending time among the nymphs. Echo, by her talk, contrived to detain the goddess till the nymphs made their escape. So she's distracting Hera while all the nymphs flee. When Juna discovered it, she punished Echo in these words, You shall forfeit the use of that tongue with which you have cheated me, except for the one purpose you are so fond of. Reply, you shall still have the last word, but have no power to speak first. All right, so fast forward a little bit. The nymph saw Narcissus, a beautiful youth, as he pursued the chase upon the mountains. She loved him and followed his footsteps. Oh, how she longed to address him in the softest accents and win him to converse, but it was not in her power, so she just wants to talk to him. She waited with with impatience for him to speak first and had her answer ready. One day, the youth, being separated from his companions, shouted aloud, Who's here? And Echo replied, here. Narcissus looked around, but seeing no one, called out, come. And Echo answered, come. As no one came, Narcissus called again. Why do you shun me? Echo asked the same question. Let us join one another, said the youth, and the maid answered with all her heart in the same words and hastened to the spot, ready to throw her arms around his neck. He started back, exclaiming, hands off! I'd rather die than you should have me. Have me, she said, but it was all in vain. He left her, and she went to hide her blushes from the in the recesses of the woods. From that time forth, she lived in caves and among mountain cliffs. Her form faded with grief till at last all her flesh shrank away. Her bones were changed into rocks and there is nothing left of her but her voice and with that she is still ready to reply to any one who calls her and keeps up her old habit of having the last word Narcissus's cruelty in this case was not the only instance he shunned all the rest of the nymphs as he had done poor Echo one day a maiden who in vain endeavored to attract him uttered a prayer that he might sometime or another feel what it was to love and meet no return of affection the avenging goddess in this case aphrodite um, so aphrodite heard the and granted the pr- the prayer there is a clear mountain, like water, with water like silver, to which the shepherds never drove their flocks, nor the mountain goats resorted, nor any of the beasts of the forest, neither was it defaced with fallen leaves or branches, but the grass grew fresh around it, and rocks sheltered it from the sun. Hither came one day the youth, fatigued with hunting, heated and thirsty. He stooped down to drink and saw his own image in the water. He thought it was some beautiful water spirit living in the fountain. He stood gazing with admiration at those bright eyes, those locks curled like the locks of Dionysus or Apollo, the rounded cheeks, the ivory neck, the parted lips, and the glow of health and exercise overall. He fell in love with himself. He brought his lips near to take a kiss. He plunged his arms in to embrace the beloved object. It fled at his touch, but he returned again after a moment and renewed the fascination he could not tear himself away he thought or he lost all thought of food or rest while he hovered over the brink of the fountain gazing upon his own image he talked with the supposed spirit why beautiful being do you shun me surely my face is not one to repel you the nymphs love me and you yourself look not indifferent upon me When I stretch forth my arms, you do the same, and you smile upon me and answer my beckonings with the like. So basically, he's talking to himself in the mirror, in this case, a reflection in a fountain. His tears fell into the water and disturbed the image. As he saw it depart, he exclaimed, stay, I entreat you. Let me at least gaze upon you if I may not touch you. And with this, Much more of the same kind, he cherished the flame that consumed him, so that by degrees, he lost his color, his vigor, and the beauty which formerly had so charmed the nymph echo. She kept near him, however, and when he exclaimed, Alas, alas, she answered him with the same words. He pined away and died, and when his shade passed the Stygian River, so Stygian is like the river Styx, which we had talked about in... I believe Prometheus and Pandora, it's near the underworld. So his shade, his, his soul is going to the underworld. When his shade passed the Stygian River, it leaned over the boat to catch a look of itself in the waters. The nymphs mourned for him, especially the water nymphs, an echo among them. They prepared a funeral pile and would have burned the body, but it was nowhere to be found. But in its place, a flower, purple within and surrounded with white leaves, which bears the name and preserves the memory of Narcissus. So if you actually want to go and Google the flower Narcissus, you'll come up with a picture of it is a real-life flower. Um, so that was Echo and Narcissus. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, this has been Highlighters and All-Nighters. I'm your host, Ms. Huber. I wish you well as you go forth and answer your questions. Good luck.